0: Hey everybody, this is Chad. Just some quick dates to start the show. Uh, Here we go. I'm just going to read cities, and I'm going to read... So February, Milwaukee, Orlando, Tampa, Naples, West Palm Beach. Now we're moving into March, Minneapolis, San Antonio, Houston. Uh, Also, Key West, Everett, Washington, Tacoma. Moving into April, Spokane, Des Moines, Chicago. June. Las Vegas. Salt Lake City. I'm also going to be at Limestone Comedy Festival in Bloomington, Indiana in May. Now we're looking at July. Dallas. I'm coming back. Thank you for understanding. I'm sorry I had to cancel that weekend. My daughter has something that is very important going on in her life that I refuse to miss. I appreciate you guys dealing with that. August. I'll be in Oxnard and Brea. September. Arlington Draft House uh tempe arizona in october and denver philadelphia in october huntsville alabama nashville tennessee in november new york city in november pittsburgh cleveland november madison december austin texas december listen i know that's a lot uh thank you for listening and uh why don't we just uh start the show
1: it's only a kick
0: a jump a block Hey, everybody, this is Chad Daniels, and you have landed in the middle of somewhere. Hello. Thank you for coming back. And all of the stuff that you want to hear from me today, pretend I'm saying that across from me, as always, with shake in his mustache. It's Cyrus Amundsen.
1: I don't know that there are many. It's not not permanently in my mustache. It's in there. Who has a mustache, drinks a smoothie, and then doesn't have a small bit of the smoothie and it's not like I left it there
0: no no no. I understand all of that stuff I'm saying that the mo majority of the time we're starting the show you're licking your mustache to the side like a dog while I'm giving the intro
1: I'm usually pretty deep into my shake right before the show starts this is shake time you know that you know this is my shake time and this is when we've decided to record
0: Yeah, I suppose that's true. And I I did get to pick the time. So that's nice. I have to tell you a story about my daughter, Olivia. She is starting her last of her figure skating competition senior year. Oh boy. So I go up and it's a a guess what, everybody, you're not even going to believe it. I had to drive through a blizzard. It is nonstop blizzardy here. It's cold as shit. Today it's 30. Feels like 21. Don't get excited, but there's blue sky energy. So that's good.
1: I can I before you keep going. Can I just hijack the show right off the top and tell you that we had our first bit of snow here in Cincinnati two days ago? Okay. Like like re, like real snow. there had been some dustings, uh, and and people went fucking bananas. Like yeah, <laughs> it was probably two inches, and I turned on the TV and the news reporter was doing a live hit from a hardware store. <laughs> Where the guy's like, luckily, a lot of the shovels are made domestically. So there's not as much of a supply chain issue. So we do have all the shovels you need here at Come Around Downtown Now Hardware Store. It was fucking amazing. And then they go from her to a winter safety expert. And by the way, let's give you the full picture. The day before it snowed, 43 degrees. Two days after it snowed, it's predicted to be 45 degrees. So this isn't an alive in the Andes going to have to eat your brother situation. But yeah, it's (laughs) there's a woman. They cut to this woman and she's like, "Okay, now you have to remember that winter storms, you have to come prepare for them. So if you're going to drive tomorrow, make sure you put uh, extra food and snacks and water in your car, some blankets, some clothes. And then she goes and road flares. In case you're to get stranded.
0: Can you imagine? Oh my God.
1: Someone just stranded in the city on 71 in Cincinnati. Just lighting off road flares covered in blankets. (laughs) The cop drives by. It's going to be
0: 38 tomorrow, you fucking pussy. (laughs) I love that they went to the hardware store that makes their own road flares. And they have way too many of them. So (laughs) she's like trying to get rid of them now. (laughs) <laughs> Guys, 4th of July is a long time from now. Come on and get your road flares. It's snowing out. <laughs> ridiculous. So So I'm driving through go ahead go, go ahead. I've got I've got well, I I
1: like how you're like, I'm going to I got something to start with and I'm just just ruining everything.
0: But well, so far this 2 inches of snow story is fucking fascinating for me <laughs> cuz I live in the tundra. I'm all into it. I'm all fucking ears.
1: Yesterday Yesterday morning, so the snow hit. We're recording on a Tuesday. The snow yes. hit on a Sunday night. It's now 40-plus degrees out. But yesterday, it was still a little below freezing, and some kids came and rang our door. They had to have been like 10, 11. And they're like, mm-hmm. hey, mister, can we shovel your driveway for $10? And I was like, you sure can. That's going to that's gonna score me a lot of points with the lady who usually shovels our driveway. <laughs> so, I, uh, I I hand the kids, I, I, I tell them to go shovel, and they come back, and they, it was funny. They're like, do you want to see how good a job we did? Do you want to make sure it's okay? I was like, I, no, I don't. They're like, there was some ice on the driveway that was hard to get up. Like, we can't, I, I don't care. Here's your $10. You did a good job. Like, four hours later, the doorbell rings again. It's two different kids. And they're like, hey, could we shovel your driveway? so. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "I'm sorry, somebody else did it." And they were so deflated. They were like, yeah. and they told me this whole story about how, you know, because it like, apparently it was another sibling duo. And this was a there's like competing sibling duo of kids who shovel anytime there's snow <laughs> in this neighborhood, and they had to stay and do some chores for their parents, and so they got like a late start. And so these other kids monopolized everything. They like, they got it all. And these kids were so disappointed just walking around to houses with clearly shoveled driveways asking if they could shovel their driveway. And so I just was like... Why,
0: why don't they go a neighborhood over? Why don't they go a neighborhood over and find the ones that weren't shoveled?
1: Maybe they have a distance rule. I don't know. I don't know how they're parented. <laughs> but they... They, uh, I was like, well, how much do you guys charge? And smart kids, they keep it consistent. They charge also $10. And I was like, well, if you, guys, you guys can shovel the yard if you really want. And so, <laughs> so we have uh, our yard. We have the only yard in the neighborhood that's uh, been shoveled by a 9-year-old and an 11-year-old. So I paid 20 bucks for a slick, clean driveway and front yard.
0: Well, you also paid $10 to not have to mow your yard in the summer because they fucking dug up all the grass with their shovels. Smart move. Yeah. Very smart move.
1: I'm a job creator. <laughs> yeah. That's who I can am. We,
0: can we shovel your driveway? And you say yes, and they just pop a tent in your yard and play Uno until it melts. They're like, oh, <laughs> easiest fucking 10 bucks of all time. Yeah. Well, here's what happened. Uh, we had 10 inches of snow. Okay. On Un- unshovelable. And I live in the western part of Minnesota, which is connected to the Dakotas, which means it's all flat. There's zero elevation at all. People step onto a curb and they're like, oh, I'm dizzy. Okay. I'm way up there now. I'm pretty dizzy on this curb. And so that's how it, So it blows. Sometimes you get hit in the face from wind from Montana. It's sure. so ridiculous. And so I'm driving in a very hard place, very A wide open place. A lot of farmer's fields. Wind is a whistling. Snow is blowing. I finally get to the skating competition. 10 minutes before it's supposed to launch. I was supposed to be there an hour early, check into my hotel, do all this shit. I get there 10 minutes before. I drove at one point 100. It cleared up for 20 miles and I drove 100 miles per hour. Why? Because I had to get there did you yes what if that's too
1: fast you know what my dad would say it doesn't matter how i don't know what he would say but i'm worried that's a very fast in a winter he's also not a car driver teacher
0: he's something else he's not a car driver teacher now listen so i get there and olivia she's got this beautiful skating dress on she did something to her hair she put little like highlights in it okay she looks great sure she looks confident she gets out there and she just doesn't go into her jumps like she should. Okay. You know, she's really dogging it. And I think, well, this is what happens when you go up a night early to avoid a blizzard. You stay up with all your skating friends. You got nothing in your legs. So she comes over. She Classic has tears in her coach eyes. Classic dad yeah, well, I didn't tell her that, but she comes over, tears in her eyes, and she says, I'm so sorry you came all the way up here for this. And I didn't have the heart to tell her. I drove 100 miles per hour at one point to get here on time to watch you two-foot land several fucking jumps, which is like, whatever. I didn't tell her that either. So the next skate, I go over, and I go, hey, here's the deal. You have to remember something. And, she, you know, we're talking about the judges because in this event, and it is true, it, at this place – most of the skating competitions, they only score by points. But in this particular town, they score by points and how the judge is feeling that day, which is ridiculous. What does you that can't... even mean?
1: What the fuck does that it even means, mean? It
0: means, like, uh, you know, if you're from that town, the judge probably likes you more. And so you're going to get extra stuff. I will tell you, Olivia did not skate well her first skate. So I'm not blaming on that. But I did see some other girls that skated well that were not from that town that did not get first place. And that's horseshit.
1: So is this your is that the way you are describing how they judge or is it a no like they're like, hey, judging here is a little
0: different. Yep. Yep. It's it's uh, it's points and opinion. That's literally what they say. Yeah. And it's it's but it, every other place it's just points so you can't go off script you have to look at a manual that tells you did they do this did they do this they get 0.3 points for this they get 0.7 points for this so and, and but in this one they go through that manual and then they go yeah but they were smiling you know so it's 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 ridiculous every time i think like
1: when i think about myself being a parent i'm always like i'm going to be one of those chill dads who's in over like overly aggressive at sporting events. I think I'll be really even and level. And then I hear something like that, and I just cut in my own brain to me screaming at a
0: a figure skating judge as they peel out of a parking lot. You just go John Cleese from Cobra Kai. Yeah. You have him in a chokehold out by by their car. What the fuck? Who cares if she wasn't smiling? I just... I'm with you. Because it's all
1: these... I hate anything that when you work really really hard no matter what level of competition you're at but when you work really 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 hard to be really really good at something and then some fuckstick who manages a ruby tuesdays can be like well when she landed the sow cow i saw her grin a bit funny that seemed cocky to me i don't like cocky skaters
0: and uh so i'm gonna go with an eight yeah well i would like to repeat she did not skate well in her first skate. Sure, sure. So she got what she had coming to her. However, right? Okay. She gets... Also, I will tell you this. You want to talk about you yelling at, you know, figure skating supposed to be this very pinkies out sport, you know? Ugh, yeah. Like, oh, I'm, I'm proper, and I do this, and I do this, and I'm not... Co-. Dude, I have turned it in. When Olivia skates well, I pound on the glass like somebody scored a game-winning goal for a hockey team. It's like, you know, you know how golf used to be very proper and like, oh, we tuck our shirts in and all this shit. And now people are like, (laughs) well, uh, while happy Gilmore's putting, we saw two giant bikers fucking in the woods. I mean, (laughs) it really has turned it around. And so I'm trying to turn skating around, too. I'll pound on the glass. I love it. So before the second skate, I go find Olivia and I say, here's the deal. I go, forget, forget all of this. Forget the judges, forget the people, forget everybody. This is your senior year. Go out and have the most fun you can possibly have. And, uh, you know, land your jumps, right? You're going to have video of these things forever. Go out there and fucking stick them. Sure. And she goes, uh, you know what? I will stick them. And you know what I think about the judges? And I go, what? And she goes, fuck them. And that she's, my 17-year-old daughter looked at me with this tenacity the eye of the tiger and looked at me and goes fuck them and i was taken aback a little bit but then <laughs> she turned around and still had to walk away with her skate guards on and there's no way to do that cool at all so she <laughs> she goes and you know what i think about the judges fuck them and then turned around and had to like her whole body's like moving funny like she's a robot Oh, it was so great. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it was really funny to watch her walk did, away. Did she skate better? Uh, she skated so much better. She crushed all her jumps and all her combos. She went into them so fast and so powerful and, and did really, really well. Did the judges reward her? Or did they? Were they worried about... They did. did she, oh, they did? Yep. Okay. Yep, they rewarded her. And it was awesome because when she was doing her footwork, so you do jumps and you do all these different things, but then there's a... a moment of the of the skate or like a, a 30 second period where you have to do footwork so you're basically you know showing you can hit all the edges turning around doing one footwork all this stuff and when she came by me when she was doing that she gave me the old double guns oh I love, i'm love a glass. big double guns guy i love it now did she did, yeah. she, did she do them with just
1: Clicking? Did she do just a click or did she do the, she the didn't cowboy the she bang just, bang nope, bang? No, she
0: just double, double at the same time, boom, like that.
1: Oh, I love it. I love any yep. sort of finger guns, but I love the like the alternating, like pow 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 rotating fingers. And then if I'm feeling real good, like I just shouted someone down in a parking lot or something, I might do the <laughs> spin them and holster them.
0: I might spin them and oh. holster them. Well, that's pretty slick. Thank you. I don't. I don't do a lot of double guns. I'm a little nervous with my attitude. Uh, I live in a very. Uh, <laughs> uh, we we carry here on, on whatever, and that's fine. Officer,
1: but officer, he but clearly, clearly pointed multiple firearms at me. I was within my right. I am on my property.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like you own Casey's. Oh shit! So two things. Number one. I'm going to start saying things that seem really cool and walking away like I have skate guards on (laughs) because I think it's the funniest thing you could do. Sure, sure. I'm just going to be like, just just serve somebody super hard and then go, all right, and then turn around and just shuffle it on out like I'm a broken-down robot. Secondly, you know how I've talked about Casey's and their pizza and how they can never get it right? Sure, yeah, I remember. Shout out to the Holiday Gas Station chain, I went in there yesterday, Uh and they had just made cookies. Their fucking cookies were still. Oh, they're the best.
1: Yeah, yep. I I mean, holiday, holiday bakery, back before Daddy had to change his diet, I would pretty regularly go into a holiday. And do you ever get the donuts there?
0: No, I've only gotten the
1: cookies. Oh, listen to me, sweet baby. They have those sour cream, those raised donuts that have the chocolate on them but sure. they're also sure. go in get one of the regular glazed one of the chocolates and one of the blueberry ones go get a big thing of milk then you go out to your car you sit in your car and you tell yourself I'm only going to eat one of these and I'll have maybe one later and then one tomorrow because they're three for a certain amount of money and you eat sure. the first one and then you look at the second two and you're still in the you know, the gas station parking lot, and you say, well, maybe I'll try the second one. And then, before you know it, you're driving home with three donuts and a belly full of milk, questioning everything you've ever done in your entire life. You gotta try them.
0: I don't have time to question it at that point, because I'm too busy wondering why my foot is tingly and may have to be amputated from (laughs) my newly found diabetes. Because I have to be on the cusp. I have to be. I used to date a girl who lived way too far outside the cities
1: and i would go stay at her house a lot and it would i would often go there after stand-up shows so you know that's 10 11 12 o'clock at night but right as you get to her house right off the last turn there was a holiday gas station and i just got in the habit of at 11 o'clock at night pounding donuts and cookies before going to her house and i just like i was a real I mean, you're young. I was in my mid twenties. In theory, you're in your sexual prime. You're new in a relationship, and I'm just showing up at like midnight, just ready to pass out because I'm filled with sugary treats. (laughs) Maybe in the morning. Maybe in the morning, I had the cook so many cook. Maybe in the morning.
0: (laughs) Oh, I have a. No, we're not going to do that one. I'm going to leave the leave it in my brain, doesn't even have to fall on the editing room floor. I have a question for you. Sure. Do you have insurance? Before... Oh, hold on. I know you want to talk about that, but before
1: you do that, can I go back yeah. to figure skating? Please. Because Jenna has been watching the show Queer Eye, uh, which is... Oh, I love it. It's I love it, too. And it's no longer just for the straight guy. They're fixing everybody. And it's great. Yeah. And uh, there was an episode on there with a dad who had a little girl who figure skated and he didn't know how to be a part of that. And like Michelle Kwan, they had like, they had Michelle Kwan come in and teach her how to figure skate. And, and then, wow. and then he was I have, there. I have a picture
0: with Michelle Kwan. No big deal. LAX. I started a real problem for her because I recognized her right away and went over and I go, Hey, could we like secretly get a picture? And then we did. And then everyone was like, who's that? And then they wanted a picture, even though they had zero fucking respect for the game. Uh, and can I ask you a question?
1: How, Michelle Kwan, the name feels like it's from 1992, and we're in 2020, and she is a smoke show.
0: Yeah, she... Right? I mean, obviously, how you're in the Olympics. She, yeah, she was like, what was she, like 16 back then or something? Pro- probably, probably, Okay, how old was, was Michelle And it was much... Well, I don't know, but it wasn't 92. It
1: was later than that. Uh, speaking of hot, on... Um, do we Should we talk about Anthony? on queer eye
0: well let me t- let me get back to this guy that doesn't know how and by the way i'm doing finger quotes right now i doesn't know how to get involved that's, with that's, his that's, daughter's that's, figure skating that's not
1: fair to say he was you know he take your judgment down he was that's why he called the queer eyes man obviously he's okay. trying to make some changes this they don't sure come around and fix people who are doing everything great it's, i know i
0: just don't get it though i don't get that level of masculinity where you're like
1: he wasn't uh, that he, figure skating he wasn't that way it, he wasn't that way okay. he was just more like okay. didn't okay he just didn't understand there was just a connectivity issue that sure. show also it's if you want to weep like a bitch
0: holy oh, cow man. i always or i just like just weep like a normal any anything it's the same thing. Sure. Thank you for putting me out on a ledge like that. I really
1: appreciate doing this show with you. Um, the, <laughs> the the that Antony dude, the chef. Yeah. Holy cow! I'll let you know that guy can take me away to a foreign country. Are you kidding me? Why is any human being that good looking?
0: I don't know, but uh, you know, just watch your donut intake if you decide to travel with him. <laughs> uh,
1: who? I was trying to figure out who in my life I would queer eye because somebody, some, somebody recommends them. And Mm -hmm. if you just had like, just one really good fatal flaw, like you, you have body dysmorphia, right? Like pretty, pretty aggressive body dysmorphia, which leads you to have issues with the clothes you think you can wear or the food you think you can eat. So you've got two of the queer eye things really taken care of right there. Right? Sure. But, your place is nice you have a nice place it's designed well and Mm -hmm. you don't they always have there's always like some event like i haven't had people at my house in 12 years something like that and i don't know that you're a good candidate for the the event i don't think you would do given all the stories you've told i don't think you'd do the event well (laughs)
0: <laughs> I think I would do the event very well. I think I think I'd be like, you can't come in. You're just here for fucking TV credit. You can't come in because you just want to meet the queer eyes. There's and and no that's I,
1: but and see I think that's the problem. I think if the queer eyes had to fix what was wrong with you for the event, it would be being inclusive. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, but I know that people would only be. There. I'd never see those people again after they got their f- the fifteen minutes of fame. I would. I wouldn't mind
1: if the queer eyes would come and tell Jenna never to eat in the car ever again. I could go with that. I think that would be. You think they would accept well, that as a challenge?
0: I think that you'd find out from them after they talk to Jenna that sometimes she doesn't have time to eat at home because she's like shoveling the driveway and and doing no, other stuff.
1: I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I understand that, and I'll defend Jen a lot, but I'm not going to play that right now. Uh Uh-uh, that's not what happens. (laughs) What happens is we have to leave for somewhere at 9 o'clock. And because I'm really stiff in the morning because of this shitty disease, I wake up at...
0: Yeah, you are. Yeah,
1: you are. And so I wake up at 6.45 a.m., get a good hot shower, and I walk Uh around our house like one of the ghosts of Christmas past or present, just slowly trying to become a functional human being. Sure. Get my food going. Jenna wakes up at 8.43, er, goes, what do you mean we have to leave at 9 o'clock? Races through getting ready, taking the dog Mm -hmm. out, and makes breakfast just in time for us to leave 11 minutes late and for her to eat (laughs) some sort of egg dish next to me in the car with a fork. And it sounds like dogs walking through pudding. It's the worst. (laughs) And if the queer eyes could come and just all pile into the back of our Honda Civic and talk to her about that, I would be really happy. So that would be your candidate, Jenna. No, I still think you're my candidate, but I I'm trying to. Oh,
0: that's I, pretty fucked up. I th-
1: you know I think I would also, I think my brother Jess would be a great candidate. Mm-hmm. Just because it would be really, f- I want to see him. There's nothing. Jess doesn't have the flaws like you and I have. You know, you have you need the the queer eye flaws. Sure. Um, Jess doesn't have the flaws, but I would love to see the queer eyes in Miltona, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> love to see him yeah. i'd love to see him get him get the queer eye makeover and 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 you know because they always talk to the other people like the neighbors or the friends and why don't you guys head on over to the miltona muni and see what they uh see what they think
0: you just some people are starting to have fun but then there's still that one guy that refuses to give up that's just under his breath is like the rainbow was a promise from the lord that it wouldn't flood again <laughs> and you took it you took it right from the lord
1: now i get it i get it i see this anthony fella i see him i get it but everything everything i'm feeling is wrong everything i'm feeling is wrong i'm gonna be over here i'm not gonna (laughs) participate he yeah that guy that guy with that tussled hair and that sweet face he's a home run on that show
0: Start to get butterflies, and then you got a bunch of people over in a corner like, "We are over here and not queer." <laughs> you, you, do you hear me? I do have to talk to you about this. This is real. Okay. I need to know if you have. In, of course, you have insurance because. Uh, well, wouldn't you'd it be, be funny
1: if, after all these stories and everything going on with me, I just didn't have insurance?
0: But how do you have it through Jenna?
1: No, my uh, my brother, Jess, and I own a company uh, where we do some, you know, we've done some creative projects because he's an animator and an editor. And uh, so we got in. We just decided to get insurance through that.
0: Okay, and you can and it pays for all of your visits and all that shit. I mean, I pay a deductible and yeah, of course and all that I stuff. mean your your deductible is paid January 8th right
1: yeah I think I've ever all future deductibles for the next I think 10 to 15 years yeah
0: yes cause, because here's the deal Olivia turns 18 in a month okay and she walks around my house like it's a like it's okay she walks around like oh I mean I'm gonna be 18 not realizing that I lose my insurance when she turns 18. Because in the state of Minnesota, when you get divorced, whoever has the insurance keeps the other person on until their youngest child turns 18. So I have had amazing insurance, amazing insurance this whole time for kind of doing nothing other than you know, paying paying half the premium or whatever. And so when she turns 18, I have to have new insurance. And I can just now start feeling my hip, my left hip. I'm going to need to get a new one, Mm -hmm. but not yet. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And so I'm nervous that I'm going to pick the wrong insurance. It feels a lot like gambling. If you've ever gambled and filled out a parlay where you're like, oh, is Stefan Diggs going to get over 67 yards? (laughs) I think yes. But now I'm gambling with my health. So it's like, Am I going to have to stay in a hospital more than two nights in the next 365 days? I don't fucking know. I don't know. And I don't want to pick the wrong thing because if I pick the wrong thing, they're going to kick me out of the hospital and have to walk home on a new hip. I
1: hate it. My favorite thing is when you go to a doctor and, and the doctor's like, here's what's wrong with you. And you go, okay, well, that's really helpful. And they go, and here is the amount of medication and the kind of medication you need to help you and then you go to the insurance and like well no what if we gave you half of that medication and let's see what happens that's my favorite thing i like that i like i haven't ever had to deal with that because
0: i've had i've had uh olivia's mom works for the state and so she
1: oh shit! that's right she's a teacher
0: really Really great insurance. And so I'm wondering if I pick the wrong insurance and I show up and I'm like, so is it still, do I just give you my card for 20 bucks? Is that how it works? And they're like, no, no, you have to bring us the pink slip to your car and the deed to your home because you thought you had strep throat and you didn't, you fucking idiot. I'm not looking forward to that.
1: I I can for sure help you because after my, like years ago when I first started having to make sure I had good insurance. Mm-hmm. I, when we had to pick a policy, I made so many phone calls and asked so many questions that when I would call, I'm sure somebody was like, it's fucking Sigh again. Some, it's Cy, yeah. he's calling <laughs> again. So I, it is because in order to know what you're getting into, you have to weed through all the bullshit. The one thing I will tell you is be prepared if you would like to have good insurance
0: to just yeah. pay all the money. I know. I, I've been looking at plans. And I was just like, "Oh, this this looks like an okay price for the year." And I go, oh, "Oh, it's a per month." Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's it's been un. It really has been unbelievable. And so I have to call, I have to call my therapist. I have to call my chiropractor. Make I sure they're the, all in network. The clinic, yeah, it's because terrible. when you read when you read down the two columns, it says in network twenty dollar copay, out of network fuck you and i was like well that's a weird that's who wrote this olivia during a skating competition this is nasty the guy that i go to physical therapy here
1: down in cincinnati who's helping with Mm -hmm. all this disease stuff who's incredible right his name is eric oliver the the place is called beyond exercise he's got a bunch of really good therapists and they don't do insurance but they also their rate is like 60 percent less of what So when I was going to other physical therapy places, they'd be like, one session for one hour is $240. It's something insane. So this guy's out of pocket, but so much less money than that, like 60 70% less. And they don't deal with any of that. And it sucks to pay out of pocket to a certain degree but it's also nice to not have to deal with all that bullshit because when you're going to PT, then you have to apply for more sessions. It's almost like, hey, here's your deductible, and your deductible technically will cover about that many sessions, and then you have to ask for sessions, and then they'll deny them, and then you have to appeal them, and then, you know, we could turn this into a a TED Talk about how (laughs) the medical system in this country is a gigantic bummer. But yeah. Well, dude. I'm just so
0: nervous. I'm just so nervous to pick the wrong thing because I don't want to show up and be like, "Okay, you know how last time you did my right hip, it was eighty thousand, and I just paid nine thousand of that." Well, I was wondering about my left hip now that it's done, and they're like, "Oh, you work for us now. <laughs> you actually are the person that hands me the hip joint for the rest of your life." It's like, well, "I don't, I don't want to do that."
1: Or. or because you picked the wrong plan and are in the wrong you have the wrong things in network you're just laying on a table and they're about to put your mask on and it just you're like wait a sec is he a veterinarian just a guy comes in with like a thing that says (laughs) it's got like a dog paw next to his uh next to his His name name tag
0: tag. (laughs) dog hair all over him (laughs) i mean i don't want to get done with my hip and then have all the male doctors look at me weird and then the next thing you know I need new two new knees for paying off my paying off my hip that that seems backwards
1: yeah I, I don't know i it's it's a nightmare so i I have no call everybody ask a bunch of questions and then can I give you some really good advice yeah just don't get sick dude
0: oh thank you very much but how am I going to ask kids in a taco bell for help <laughs>
1: oh holy shit i was on a podcast with a friend of mine i was on their podcast recently and he asked me about ocd okay and he asked me a very specific question that led to a very specific story and i realized i think it's a story that i've never told you have i ever told you about ocd and golf what i used to do with ocd and golf
0: no, I would have remembered that because I, I, I suck at golf, but I love it.
1: So I also love golf. And when I, was, when I was first struggling with OCD, I was like 19, 20 years old. And I hadn't even really learned what it was yet. And it consumed literally every action I took, right? Sure. I think you and I have talked about that before privately where it's, if I would pick up my phone, if I would take a step, if I would go upstairs, if I would flip on a light switch, everything had an obsessive thought to it and a compulsive behavior tied to it. And it was, yeah, it was that thing where I was in college, like my second or third year in college, I was living with my aunt and uncle and I used to go to college. I used to go to the college, but I would go for, <laughs> uh, I don't know why, I can't help but say, why can't I just say I used to go to classes. I used to go to the learning university. So... I would go to the college and I would have classes from like eight to noon. But just walking around campus, I would have so much OCD, but I would come home at noon and just lay down on the couch and be like, well, good night, everybody. And I was done for the day.
0: (laughs) That sounds fun.
1: Yeah. So I'd started learning what OCD was and I'd started working with a therapist like a little bit. I just started. But in the summertime, you know, my parents were teachers. So their summer job was running a resort. My grandma yep. and great aunt stayed at the resort. When my parents had to go back to start teaching, my grandma- You're talking about your
0: great aunt Dorothy?
1: My great aunt Dorothy. Yeah, okay. And <laughs> so I would stay up there for a couple extra weeks with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just three of us hanging out. I would golf all day, come home, eat dinner at my grandma's house. And it was great, right? Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of actions that take place on the golf course and you'd get to hole four, and I, other golfers aren't chill if you're like, hey, no, sorry, I just need to re-pick the ball up out of the hole and then put it back in the hole and then pick it up again. Can you just give me a minute? And then I'm going to put it back again and then pick it up again. I'm really worried my Uncle Craig is going to die, so I'm going to put it back again and then pick it up again. And I'm worried about him dying. My sister died, and I think about that a lot. So one more time. Yeah, could you just wait? I know you're on the tee. One more t- <laughs> Like, that is not... People don't love that. And so,
0: dude, especially, especially not even let's, let's eliminate the golfers. You're with, let's talk about the golfers behind you, dude. That's what I'm talking about. I am a fucking spaz when people, especially when people are like, they're gambling for nickels and they read every putt from every angle. And then they make them putt a two incher. It's like fucking go. There is a method to how a golf course works, and it involves you not being a slow buttfuck.
1: Can you imagine being behind me and you're just sitting there with your no. friends? Did he just no. touch the flagpole 12 times before he took it out of the
0: hole? What's happening right now? I just snapped my putter thinking about having to be behind you. So, and, and, and. As, as infuriating as
1: it was, I think, for other people, if they were behind me, I tried to golf at times when I knew there wasn't a lot of traffic, you know? Sure. It was exhausting for me. I'd get to the third or fourth hole and I'd go, you know, I think I'm going to go home. Because the, the, the crazy thing about OCD is even if you know it's irrational, you can't overcome the irrational. Fe- like, you can know it's irrational, you can, you can acknowledge that it's irrational, but you still can't defeat it. You know what I'm saying? You still can't get to the point where you comfortably walk past it and say, do not worry about this. It's irrational. Mm -hmm. And everybody with OCD is different. So some people are more aware of how irrational it is and some people are less. I was very aware. Still couldn't get past it. At some point, I started doing this thing, and I think I've told you this before, where I would make deals. Kind of like, we're going to go deep into the OCD psyche here. Oh, I love it. Where... Because and maybe it 's because i 'm competitive, i don 't know how it's but that's kind of the whole idea. you are making OCD is a deal like if you flip this light switch on and off three times, your uncle stays alive right you're You're technically making a deal with the now, fictional how, universe.
0: I have a question. Mm-hmm. How connected is OCD to narcissism and that's a real question i'm not trying to make a joke because how important. Do you think your light turning on and flipping off ability is to where it keeps someone alive? That's a real question, not a joke. I,
1: I mean, I'm not a mental health professional. Um, Better I, help. I would guess that they can overlap in certain people, but they have no connection whatsoever because I don't – it's not a behavior that is rooted in importance – it's a behavior that is often rooted in anxiety and fear and okay. and and more negative traits and mine personally was rooted in a traumatic event and yep. and then you i think are worried you know some people just struggle to get off thoughts that's what the obsessiveness is and yeah and and so you know and it's the same thing superstition how like how narcissists you could say the same thing. How narcissistic yeah. is somebody who's superstitious? Right. But I, I never, you know, clinical narcissism. We use we use all these terms so loosely in our society. Yeah. Clinical narcissism is a very different thing, you know. And and I even superstition. Sure. I think it's more based in the worry dynamic. Yeah. So I hosted
0: uh, I hosted a a pilot once where we went around and we talked to people that had famously let their superstition get out of hand for sports. Sure. Like, there there was a clip on YouTube of these two sisters in Wisconsin, and one of them was bawling after the Packers lost to the Giants at Lambeau. And she was like you made me take off my Aaron Rodgers jersey and put on this jersey and she's bawling and she made a ton of money off of this YouTube thing because it went completely viral and so we went and talked to her and she was like yeah well you know my Aaron Rodgers jersey's good luck and, and the fact that I took it off they lost and I was like who in the fuck do you think you are <laughs> who no guess what Aaron Rodgers doesn't care about you I mean That has become even more obvious recently, but he doesn't care about any of you in Green Bay. He doesn't give a fuck. You can wear whatever jersey you want. A lot of people at Lambeau don't wear jerseys or shirts, period. (laughs) Big, huge, fat dudes. No shirt. 20 below zero. It doesn't matter what you wear. Yeah, I mean... So anyways, that's...
1: Super, those things I never... You know, all that stuff is rooted in some sort of... I don't like the word flawed, uh, but some sort of thought process or thought structure or cognitive structure that is unhealthy or flawed. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, sure. it's my one beef going back with Queer Eye. You know, they had this episode on last night about this guy who lived with his parents tells his parents died, never married anybody, you know, the whole house was still set up like his parents. There was, like, dog hair everywhere. His dog had died. The bowl was still up. All this stuff. And the queer Ooh, eyes...
0: Jesus Christ. Yeah, and
1: the queer eyes come in, and they, like, shave his mustache and teach him how to make fucking pasta and paint his house. and like, here you go. And I and I, 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 I would guess because of the way those humans on that show view the world, I would guess they set that dude up with therapy. But that guy, like... Sure. You, it's, it's what I all these shows where you show someone you're like there's there's something far deeper going on there that actually needs to be fixed that manifests in these ways. Oh yeah,
0: hey, listen, shaving a mustache isn't going to help carry the bodies out of the basement. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're still there.
1: So <laughs> I am on the golf cars and I've been making these deals, you know, I'd started making deals with myself like Hey, if you go to the store and do this, you, you know, you're, I mean, you keep using my Uncle Craig bug. Your Uncle Craig will stay alive. I'm sure my Uncle Craig listens to this show. He's like, hey, could you fucking pick someone else? I don't want to. <laughs> hey,
0: could can you and your voodoo doll get the
1: fuck away from me? <laughs> yeah. You know, you have other uncles. Like, you have a lot of <laughs> other uncles. Could you? I don't want to be the one that's in focus here. Somehow that, I got the idea on the golf course one day. I made this deal with myself. I was like, if I shoot, if I shoot better than a certain number today, I don't have to worry about the OCD stuff the rest of the day. Because you have all these weirds. All this bad stuff is going to happen. So I knew what the bad things I were worried about were. And I said, Mm -hmm. if you, it just kind of like randomly happened. I think partway through a round, I was like, if you finish this round better than this, one of those OCD deals came to me. It's like, if you flip the light switch on and off three times, everything will be fine. If you shoot better than 45 or 47 or whatever it is, everything will be fine. And I think that was like maybe some weird survival tactic in my brain because I was so exhausted Mm -hmm. with OCD all day long. And I was like, well, if I shoot this number, then the rest of the day I could kind of, I had rationalized that everything was going to be fine and I didn't have as many compulsions and it, it, it wasn't as brutal as things had done.
0: <laughs> Hold on. Talk about a fucking great way to get better at golf. Dude. And really look at your putts. I was just thinking to myself, like, okay, if I break 80, then no one in my golf group will be killed. <laughs> but here's the problem with that is, like, I rarely break 80. So I would just cut to me. They walk in after golf and it's just me in their dark bedroom. Just like, sorry about my 82, motherfucker. <laughs> and then just quit, 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 quit.
1: The... So that that was the first time I'd ever done it. And I shot under the round. And I went home. And I it was an easier day for me. Oh, sweet. And that's great in theory, I guess. So I would go golfing earlier in the day. And I would make the deal with me. I would pick a number that was say I, on nine, it was always nine holes, but say I'm a a bogey golfer, so I shoot 45, for example, I would put it a few strokes above that. Because the OCD wouldn't let you be like, I just have to shoot better than a 90, and then you fuck all over the course all day. So it'd be, 48 would be the number. And I did that for weeks. And on one hand, it was really helpful because I beat the number consistently. But the deal the ocd kind of manifests in this way it was like everything you're scared of all these fears all these traumatic worries everything this is your one no ocd today if you score below this number it's all going to be fine if you don't the worst shit in the world is going to happen i entered into that fictional mental agreement and then golfed mm-hmm. by myself as a 19 year old boy in more pressure than Phil Mickelson has ever felt <laughs> in his, his entire fucking career. I don't know; <laughs> it was Jesus so Christ. it was so intense, and there are two amazing moments in it. So I had started seeing this therapist up in the cities who was familiar with OCD because I went in. I grew up in Worthington, where you go to the therapist and like, "Well, you seem sad. Do you think you have a case of the sads?" <laughs> I'm afraid, I'm afraid I'm going to have to diagnose
0: you with the worry weird touches. Sounds like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Devil in the deep blue sea. So, oh,
1: so, two amazing moments. I told my finally told my therapist, because we'd been talking about my OCD and all this stuff I do, I go, I got to tell you, this is what I've been doing lately and it's really been helping me. And I told him this whole thing and he goes, I don't think that's been helping you. <laughs> he's like i need you to stop that i need you to trust the therapy i need you to trust what we are doing here and i was like you got it dude and then i got in my car and went let's get to the fucking golf course and so i like eventually i did start trusting him but I, i kept doing that for a little while and the moment i stopped so i was on the ninth hole at the miltona public golf course and uh-huh. if I get in in five, I tie the number, which is good. You're good, right?
0: So, so a push goes to the golfer,
1: yeah. not OCD. Yep. Okay. Push goes to the golfer, not OCD. Great analysis. And Thank you. And if
0: this ends with the fucking Queer Eye people coming out on the Miltona golf course, I'm going to lose my shit. But anyways, keep going. So
1: I just top a drive. Like, just horrible drive. Clunk, clunk, clunk down the front of the... Like, barely onto the fairway. I'm like, oh, shit. And <laughs> I push the second shot into some trees. I have to... Now, here's, there's a play to get out. Like, you could take a risky shot kind of through the trees and have a shot at the green. But I'm sitting here thinking...
0: Yep. i want a hero shot. And I
1: don't need a hero shot. I just need my Uncle yep. Craig to stay alive and so jesus christ
0: (laughs) this is intense
1: that's what i'm saying and so i punch out with three now i am not a great putter
0: or driver or just golfer in general sounds like and so i mean i'm just
1: having a pressure-filled hole and i am probably 80 to 90 yards out and i got to get up and down which for the non-golf people means I've got to land it on the green and make my first putt, or OCD wins. And yeah. I, I took out my wedge, struck this shot, lands on the green, bounces twice, and drops in the hole. So you're in below the number? I'm in below the number. And I, I don't know what's the largest celebration that anyone has never seen. But the amount of relief and joy and also, holy shit, I hit a great golf shot. I remember getting in my car after that, just, just sweating, just heart beating more than, more than if I swam back to back Olympic level races. And I was like, I hey, think this doctor's right. I don't know that
0: this golf idea is a good one. <laughs> If a 19-year-old boy celebrates not killing his uncle on a golf course, but no one is there to see it, did it ever really happen? <laughs> also, you should golf with a butt plug-in because pressure-filled holes get you swinging well, my friend.
1: Oh, that's a such a bummer way to end the show. I love you a lot. I got to go. <laughs>